Hello and welcome to Kinstella podcast series. Hello and welcome to Kinstella podcast, where we want to get insights concerning the current economic situation in the context of coronavirus pandemic. In particular, we will focus on private equity, venture capital and corporates engaging in M&A activities. I am Razvan Popa. I'm co-heading the private equity sector at Kinsteller, and I'm today with Christian Montano, who is leading Early Game, a venture capital fund based in Romania. Christian, would you like to introduce yourself and the fund you're representing? Sure. First of all, Rosvan, thank you so much for the invitation. So my name is Christian Montano. I'm the managing partner of Early Game Ventures, a 26 million euro early stage venture capital fund based out of Bucharest. We invest in technology startups in Romania, innovative companies that are ambitious and address big markets. We officially started to invest out of this fund at the beginning of last year, so in January 2019, and we already made 10 investments. As a fund, we are generalist, which means that we invest across the industries, but we stay away from healthcare, medical devices, biotech, new drugs, and so on. In terms of commitments, we invest from as little as 50,000 euro up to 4.5 million euro. Just for you to have an idea, each of the 10 companies in which we invested last year raised on average around 550,000 euro each, and we led most of these rounds. In fact, there was just one transaction that we did not lead, but followed. That's us in a nutshell. Thank you very much. Could you please let the audience know how did the current situation impact the M&A transactions you were working on? I should probably start by saying that since March last year, we stopped looking at startups that were sensitive to an economic downturn. In many blog posts, published media articles and interviews, I expressed my concern about investing in the late stages of a boom. I was a pessimist at the point in the market cycle when being a pessimist was unfashionable and when optimists looked best. But appearances aside, my common sense proved solid and my dark expectations came to reality, unfortunately. The pandemic caused the boom period to end a little sooner than it should have, but much more abruptly, pushing the economy into recession. Again, as I said, we were prepared for this, for a downturn scenario. So the transactions that we were working on are not affected by the new context. We are finalizing no less than four investments right now, as we speak and we shall make them public soon. We did not renegotiate the valuation nor ask for additional protections. We're trying to be very fair with the founders. So from this perspective, we just proceeded as planned simply because our strategy was very solid and sound and we were cautious. That is very impressive. And I'm uh, happy for you and the strategy you choose. Given that was not very fashionable last year to talk about the crisis, when everybody was looking at growth. No, no, it's never fashionable to be a prophet of doom, you know? Yes, yes, (laughs) unless you're Dr. Doom, right? Coming back to early game, what about the portfolio companies you already invested in, say, until December last year? How they are performing under the circumstances? All companies are adapting to the new context. They are cutting costs, reducing marketing budgets, trying to extend the runway and increase their chances to survive the crisis because we are just at the beginning of the crisis, and this is very important. We estimate that it will have a long tail and will last for several quarters. Our portfolio companies are doing exactly the same, just as everybody else, and we are next to them, supporting them in these difficult times, help them to make the right decisions and to cut the costs that they can afford to cut. 
but companies in our portfolio, such as Bunnyshell or Druid, they are even growing and acquiring market share in these circumstances. They help companies move online and manage their cloud infrastructures. Others, such as uh, ADM, Neobility, or RoboSelf, are in pre-product stage, working in the lab to develop new technologies. So they are not affected that much by the crisis as they are not commercializing anything yet, but they will be soon. And in our opinion, all the companies will be affected much or less by a downturn scenario in the economy. So the prospects are less bright as they used to be just uh, two months ago, let's say. Absolutely. If it's public or you can disclose, have you invested any emergency funds into these businesses? No, or at least not yet, simply because we are very fast to react to everything that happened. And uh, we shifted our focus from deal making to helping our companies as soon as we detected that there is a problem in the market. And until now, we did not pour additional capital into our portfolio companies. But maybe we'll be doing this not in the coming weeks or months, but probably towards the end of the year, we'll have to do it. We are prepared. We have a lot of dry powder. So there is capital. We don't have a problem with this. Let's see if we'll have to do it. Thank you. In a way, kind of answered my question already, but do you want to comment a little bit more on whether this situation has impacted your investment strategy in any way? Yeah, when it comes to an economic downturn, early stage VCs, such as our fund, are less affected in terms of revisited valuations because they are not paying the premium that late stage funds always have to pay. But early stage VCs should worry about the business impact of a crisis on startups at the beginning of their life when they are most sensitive to shrinking demand. This is why our portfolio is front and center these days, as I just said. Otherwise, we are loyal to our long-term strategy. It was a very sound strategy. We were right from the very beginning regarding this aspect. So we are uh, keeping to invest in uh, deep tech startups, not tech-enabled businesses. And this is a very important distinction uh, that we make when uh, looking at startups. So staying true to, to your strategy means to be able to say no. No to all distractions, no to all lateral opportunities that may arise and defocus from your main goal. And we are quite good at saying no. Yes, indeed. Not something that uh, all people or all business are able to do, but focusing on, on the core business, it's probably the best answer you can give under any circumstances. Indeed, yeah. Obviously, everybody is trying to find answers to all the, the questions around this situation. And I confess I've seen people saying that the digital industry will be one of the winners of this period. I would like to have your views and, and comments around this topic. Yeah, I've heard this idea repeated several times in, in the last few days at least. Maybe digital companies are less exposed to the crisis less than restaurants, offline retailers, and other consumer-facing businesses. But make no mistake, in a crisis, there are no winners, only survivors. And all companies will suffer as the macroeconomic context deteriorates. Unemployment and the decrease of consumption will have a negative impact on all companies. Indirectly, even on those that are B2B, business-to-business, tech startups as well. So um, also for the time being, many businesses will move online. But how many will stay online once that the stay-at-home order will end? For the time being, working from home is very productive. But it is because people are forced to stay in their houses. I expect the productivity to decrease dramatically once people will be allowed to leave their homes and take long walks in the parks. So you see, it's not as if digital 
companies, tech startups are in a safe harbor from the crisis. They are affected, they will be affected. We all are going to suffer because of this. It's not a happy time for anyone, not even for those that see themselves, that perceive themselves as being the winners of this crisis. There are no winners and there will be no winners. Yeah, thank you very much. Unfortunately, I agree with you when the net worth of the entire world is decreasing, when the GDP is going down, it's all a question of uh, surviving and less a question of booming. Moving towards wrapping up this podcast, is there anything you'd like to send across as a message? A special message to the founders because I would like to lift their spirits up a bit, you know to cheer them up a bit in these gloomy times. The world is not going to stop. The investments are not going to be frozen, at least not for a long period of time. For example, we are finalizing foreign investments, as I just told you, the foreign investment that we are uh, currently involved and uh, ready to sign in the next days. But we are always open to discuss with founders that approach us. What we want to see from the founders is maturity and realism. They need to adapt their forecasts and their capital needs as well to the actual market situation. They need to present their vision and to gain investors' trust. Trust is the keyword here. Founders raising money will have difficult days ahead, but I'm sure that the best will be able to make it in the end. So it's not all lost. Maybe some fundraising efforts should be put on hold or postponed a bit, probably until autumn. Some won't be even forced to do that. But yeah, investments are going on. All you have to do is to, to present what should look like a good deal to your investors. So I'm just trying to be positive and optimist with all the listeners and to encourage them not to be scared and to keep working and to keep applying for fundraising. This is very important. Thank you very much. I think this is an optimistic and encouraging message we're getting these days. This is very valuable, especially coming from the managing partner of a venture capital fund which has the money and willingness to invest in this spirit. I thank you very much for your thoughts and for the time to register this podcast. Goodbye. Thank you so much, Rosvan. Thank you so much, Kinstaller.